Hey there, welcome to the Happy Habit Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Norrie. We like to talk about health and well-being twice a week, Mondays and Thursdays. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing. In this episode of the Happy Habit Podcast, we'll be delving in to Jordan Peterson's new book, Beyond Order. Well, early psychologists like Sigmund Freud focused on what they believed were the inner workings of the mind, like our fundamental urges, our motivations and our personal identity. But the author of Beyond Order, Jordan Peterson, feels this excludes hugely influential external forces like social status and education, which can shape us on an individual level. We are social beings in a chaotic world, but social structures provided to us by friends, family, our schooling and laws help determine how we behave and provide order helping to reduce the complexity of the world around us and allowing us to find our best course of action. Food and shelter are vital. In theory, we could live on the side of the street and steal our food. But by looking to social structures and norms, we know to work for a living so we can provide food and shelter for ourselves. The more we live and experience, the better we become at navigating the world and the more our social status is elevated. The author uses alchemy as an analogy for life. Alchemists believe they could use a mystical building block of life called the materia prima, or primal element, to transform one substance into another. This materia prima was limitless in what it could become, very much like life. With a vision and dedication, you can be your own alchemist and transform your life into anything you want. Envision who you want to be and then become that person. Now, unlike dolphins and chimps, human beings possess the capacity for conscious thought. We are immensely creative and adaptable. But to accomplish a goal or to create anything, we must learn to confront the powerful and chaotic psychological forces like fear or lack of discipline holding us back. If we can remain focused on our goal, over time we can learn to rein in these distracting forces and become the victor in our own story. Don't settle for small pains if they can be fixed. Life will expose you to minor annoyances and injustices. While it's considered virtuous to ignore them, if infrequent, a small annoyance that occurs repeatedly over a long period of time, well, that's a bigger issue. So it's better to confront these persistent problems early on, even if it means a temporary conflict. There may be relationship problems you have or negative feelings you foster that you strategically ignore. The author maintains it's better to explore these feelings sooner rather than later, when they could potentially spiral out of control. Peter Pan inhabits a carefree, fantastical, childlike universe devoid of any responsibilities, while his enemy, Captain Hook, is a fearful, strict tyrant with all of the negative aspects of adulthood. In reality, life should encompass aspects of both Peter Pan's and Captain Hook's life. Taking on responsibility is difficult, but it gives life true meaning. 
Children have limitless potential, which over time is shaped by direction and growing responsibilities, which include investing in themselves. This means making trade-offs now for your future benefit, which involves imposing structure and order where you might prefer freedom and ease. But accepting these trade-offs and restrictions give us a purpose, a status and life its meaning. So if you want to prosper, you must embrace responsibility towards your family, your friends, your community and your work. Don't tolerate something that you hate. The line in Shakespeare's Hamlet, to thine own self be true, is quoted in the book. This can be difficult at times, as the world often asks us to act in ways that we don't agree with. So how should you react when confronted with a command you disagree with? Well, one approach is to challenge the order, but be ready for resistance or chaos. Change does not happen easily. On his book tours, the author found there was one topic that enraptured his audiences more than most. That topic was personal responsibility. Many were accustomed to hearing that outside forces were causing all their troubles. This vague belief prevented them from challenging themselves. But once they cast these ideologies aside, they felt free to thrive. Back in the 19th century, philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche suggested that determined individuals would create new value systems or new ideologies to fill the void left by the declining influence of religion, and his prediction turned out to be true. But many ideologies have been negative and destructive, oversimplifying the world into villains and victims and thereby allowing people to hold on to their victimhood, divesting themselves of responsibility and the need for self-improvement. Truly commit yourself to a goal, and you will love the results. Immense stress, heat and pressure can turn a brittle lump of coal into an incredible and uniquely hard and durable diamond by rearranging its carbon atoms. This metamorphosis can also take place in humans when we truly commit to our goals. Now, while we already are aware that it can be good for us, working hard does not always come easy. We can get pulled towards distraction like the TV when we should be studying, for example. Psychoanalysts tell us our desire for distraction is caused by the ID the part of our psyche which deals with our desires and chaotic feelings like anger and fear. When the ID overpowers the conscious mind or ego, it's very hard to stay motivated and our good intentions go out the window. But if we have the will to suppress the ID in our psyche, our ego will win out and we will be rewarded. The author noticed this himself when he was a college student. The more disciplined he was and the harder he worked at channeling his productivity, the more his life improved. As you get older, you may lose touch with the idea of beauty. You can become dulled to the world around you or so fixated on a goal that you ignore the wonders that surround you every day. When the author took his children for walks, he noticed how easily fixated they were with simple things on their walk. So always keep your eyes open for new forms of beauty. 
The author suggests investigating and examining memories that cause you pain. Often these memories come while trying to sleep at night time. This isn't necessarily the brain trying to torture us, but the brain helping us not make the same mistakes again. We can learn from the past by remembering rather than burying it. Confronting your memories head-on, writing them down in detail, this will help you order your thoughts and feelings. Eventually, you'll derive a moral from the story and take a lesson with you into the future. Another subject that is covered in the book is that of close or intimate relationships. Put effort and planning into your intimate relationships. Maintaining a romantic relationship is work. More precisely, it involves the ongoing work of negotiation and trust between the two people. Each partner must take the time to reflect on their own desires, wants, needs, and then articulate them very clearly to the other person. The author also emphasises not to forget the element of romance either. Don't fall for stories that make you resentful, deceitful or arrogant. For all of human history, we have been using stories to understand the world around us. Grimm's fairy tales were used to teach children morals and social norms. Yet, even as adults, we unconsciously tell ourselves stories and interpret the world through our own narrative. Now, this narrative shapes our psyche, so it's crucial we tell ourselves the right stories. So don't fall for stories that make you resentful, deceitful or arrogant. So, if we view the world as a story, who are the characters? Well, nature embodies the evil queens of chaos and fairy godmothers who nurture our potential. Then we have culture, in the guise of the wise king, embodying security, protection and advice, and tyranny and constraint. Operating in the space between nature and culture are the characters of the good and fair hero and negative evil adversary. The stories we tell ourselves with these characters determine whether we act as a hero or adversary. If you focus too much on evil queens and tyrants in life, you will deem life to be cruel, unfair, and you will, as a result, become resentful. A healthier outlook gives equal weight to all of the characters. Yes, nature can sometimes be cruel, but it also bestows us with luck and plenty of opportunity. Tyrants indeed exist, but wise kings also structure society in ways that benefit us if we can act correctly. So in this way, acknowledging both the randomness of life and your own personal responsibility to confront it allows you to become the hero of your own story. The final thought is in relation to gratitude. The author suggests, be grateful even in the face of great suffering. Now, none of us will go through life free from loss, misfortune or moments of misery. So he poses the question, why endure it at all? Well, one approach is to realise that good and bad hang in the balance. Life's low points are only possible because existence offers high points too. People overcome suffering in a variety of ways, practically by 
literally changing their behavior, their circumstances, and their actions. They also overcome suffering psychologically by drawing on their inner strength to get them through a difficult period in their life. The truth in life is that misery exists alongside pleasures, joys, and, and happiness. A breakup is only painful because the relationship meant something at first with its attributes of warmth, comfort and companionship. The loss of a loved one hurts because they offered love, support and immense kindness. So in moments of suffering, remember why they exist. Be grateful for the insight and perspective hardship and pain can bring. Instead of becoming resentful and bitter, it's much more appropriate to focus on and appreciate the good aspects of life. I do really like this particular line from the book. Gratitude is the process of consciously and courageously attempting thankfulness in the face of catastrophe. Well, in summation, the world is a complex place and it can be very difficult to find your psychological, emotional and social wherewithal. But if you pay close attention to your inner emotions and the social structures around you, it is quite possible to succeed without becoming lost in despair. It helps to follow a few simple rules like committing yourself to a goal, Avoiding simple ideologies that paint people as victims or villains. Looking for beauty, being careful what stories you tell yourself and being grateful even while suffering. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Happy Habit Podcast. Until next time, stay happy. Mm-hmm.